0: Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Bean and I'm joined by Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we're going to talk about new students. How do we interact with new students? Um, what is your process for taking phone calls for the new students what is their first experience with you with you uh, look like as far as how do they how do they go into their first class what is what you know what is the aftermath of that the whole the whole system of what it looks like to onboard new trial students or even new students uh, that, that would just enroll okay so of course when you have your trial students or your students come to your school for the first time, what type of process do you have in place? Is there a process? Is it different every time? Does everybody get their own unique experience or is, do you have that dialed in and, and tweaked and, and ironed out all the, all the rough edges so it's nice and smooth and an easy transition for them? When they get to your school, do they know where to go? Did they find your school easily? Uh, does your staff know what to do with them as far as processing them and getting them into their first class? How long has it been since they contacted you before they are here to do their first class? What type of information do you, or do you need them to know before they come to their next class? Did you tell them how to sign in for their class to attract for their attendance? Does your teaching team know they are a trial student and what to do with them as they are on the floor for the first time? Of course, these are all questions that you need to have answers to in order to give your trial students a better chance for success. If a trial student has a bad first class or a poor customer service, then the chances of them returning, of course, are low to none. Setting a protocol for how to handle those trial students will be vital to your school's success because, of course, as you know, without new students Coming in and continually, uh, continually coming in, you're not going to have a school for very long. Of course, you can do your best to try to keep those students that you have, um, but eventually they'll, somebody will move away, uh, go to college, something will happen. So having a continued flow of new students into your program, of course, is be ideal. That's what you want to want to have or want to look for or strive for, and. Having a good, smooth experience for them coming in for the very first time and then getting to the training floor and doing their first class will be vital to keeping the doors for your school open. First off, how do your students contact you? Your new students, those trial students, how are they getting in touch with you? Do you have a, a web form that they click through to, to get to to fill out some information in order to get to your school? Did they call your school? Did they just show up? They, they happen to be driving by. Hey, look, there's karate. Let's, let's go check them out and see what they're doing. Ideally, if you have a viable option for each and every one of those situations, each, each, each one of those ways, those contact methods that those new students can contact you, if you have a, a path or a system in place for those contact methods, the better you'll be for it, right? The better you'll be. Let's say, for example, the first time they're contacting you is they pick up the phone and they call you. Maybe they saw some ads on Facebook or, or YouTube or wherever you are, wherever, wherever you're advertising, they saw you advertise or they happen to be driving by the school, they got your phone number, somehow they call you. What, what does your office personnel do with that? How do they interact with them? What are the questions? What are the things they need to know? Or how do they set up that trial class? What does that process look like? Of course, having a phone script, a script when you have... Now, of course, if you have current clients call you, you wouldn't go through the same phone script as if a brand new person calls you. And more often than not, knowing it's a new person is pretty clear because their answer or their, their question is, uh, how much is karate? Do you guys do karate there? But you'll know. They're very clear. It's very easy to see those, you know, this person already doesn't, doesn't already go here boom, then you pull out the phone script or you, you go to the phone script or however you interact with it, but that's where the phone script would would start or come out at. If you have somebody call you it says, hey, I need a private lesson or hey, uh, is it is T-shirt summer start yet or something like that, you know you don't need to do the phone script for them because they're already here. They're, they're asking questions that somebody would only know if they're in your program. If they're asking questions like, again, hey, do you guys do karate? How much is karate? Um, you know, hey, can can if I go there, can I learn how to say hiya yeah, like you guys? Whatever, whatever the the question is, um, they'll be very clear when to utilize that phone script. But having a phone script, having a script, having the fo- full phone call scripted out, detailed to know what. To- Uh, What question to ask in order to receive the information that you need in order to process and move on to the next step will be very helpful for you in your school. And in that phone script, one thing that you need to be doing is asking the questions. Because if you are asking the questions, you will be dictating the flow of the conversation. Also, when you're asking the questions, you're going to be able to get the answers that you need in order to process their information and get them onto their first class. You, ideally, you want to limit this phone call to about five to seven minutes. You don't need to have them on the phone for 15, 20 minutes. You don't need to know their whole life story, although they will and often try to tell you their life story. Try to limit it down to five to seven minutes and by asking those questions you will be able to control the flow of that conversation and help to limit those things Now, I'm not saying there's um, I'm not saying there's not a time that you get to ask them and say hey do you have any questions you can certainly do that although I would avoid against that because when you ask them a question that's open-ended like that and say hey do you have any questions yes how much is the cl- how much are the classes you know then they go into a whole thing and of course that will draw draw out the the conversation make it longer than it needs to and on top of that they are going to start to prejudge your school before they actually come to see you and try that first class and see what your program actually has to offer of course that's ideal right you you get them on the on the phone you have 5 or 7 minutes of a of a talk with them They come in and do their first class, and then you answer some of those questions. Hey, listen, this is how much the program is. These are the class times per week. All those different things are going to get answered after they come to you for the first time because then they get to see, oh, hey, this is what it's like. Because everybody has some sort of preconceived notion of what karate is like. And about 90% of the time or more, what they think karate is like and what you actually do in your school, vastly different. So, by giving that information up ahead of time, they are going to prejudge and fill in the blank with what they think your school is about, which is not ideal. But, by asking the questions, taking control of that phone conversation, limiting it to about five to seven minutes, getting just the essential information, and then setting, uh, setting that student up for their first class, will get them into your doors to do their class, and then you can give them that extra information, answer those other questions that they may and probably do have. Now, what is some vital information that you need to get while you're on the phone with them? Well, you probably would like to know how they heard about you. You want to know what marketing that you're doing is working. How are you reaching your people? Because if you're spending money on marketing that isn't having any return on investment, don't do that. Right Oh, but I got a good relationship with the guy at the at the um, at the paper, so I want to keep no if it, if if the paper is bringing you leads, keep doing it. but if you're not seeing any return on investment from you know from doing the newspaper or you know whatever it is that you're doing that's not working, don't do that. Try something different and then if you exhaust all the options, then you can go back and try them again, but tweak your advertisement style or, or tweak tweak the ad or tweak the offer or something that goes with it to try a different approach. But if you're not seeing any flow from one advertising area, then cut bait and do something different. Try something different. See if that works for you. If not, then you can go back. Okay? So what else what else do you need to get from them? Well, you need to find out if it's if it's an adult student or or if it's a child. And if it is a child, you need to know how old they are so you know what class times that you're going to be setting up for them when the time comes if it's an adult same thing you need to know what class times to set them up for or even what program they're going to be in depending on your school find out why they want to do martial arts right why what are they looking to achieve from you and your program what can you how can you benefit them what are they looking to get out of your school and then Lots of times that'll tell you, really, if they're going to be a good fit for your school, right? Because you might be a good fit for them, meaning you can offer all sorts of benefits, but if they're not looking for the benefits that you have or that, that you're offering or they're, they want a specific different style than you have, then, you know, you can just say, hey, listen, this isn't going to work out because we do this and you're looking for that. I'm sorry, here's somebody that I can, I can recommend for you because they, they do that and that's what you're looking for. And so having a opportunity to find out what they're looking for out of your program is definitely gonna be beneficial for you. And then, of course, you want to set up their first class, right, and with setting up their first class, you can really, you can do this two ways, right, And, and hopefully I'll set this up in a way that you can see obviously one of them is the right answer. You can tell them, hey, listen, we have a beginner's class on Monday at 530, and then we have a beginner's class on Tuesday at 6, and we have another beginner's class on Wednesday at 530, and then Tuesday. you can give them a whole laundry list, list of options that they can come to. Or you can say, listen, I have a class on Monday at 530, and I have a class on Thursday at 6. Which of those would best fit your schedule? Right, That, I believe, is the best choice because then you're not because they're listening on the phone maybe they're taking notes but probably not taking notes they're not thinking about what their schedules like at that given time but if you give them one time nope that one definitely doesn't work but this one does work you give them two two options to choose from then it's either this or it's that it's not oh but I could do this one and then maybe this and then if those two options don't work then you can bring out two more options but ideally you give them two choices to choose it's a or B And then move on with the next, right? Because the more choices you give them, the more confusing it's going to be, the harder that process is going to be. Listen, you can do your first class at this day, at this time, or this other day, at this other time. And then let them choose. Two choices, two choices. That's all they need, right? That will help to, again, ease that conversation, make sure it stays down to that minimal time frame, but also not confuse them. Right, Because you don't want to give them too many things, especially first thing, first contact. You're giving them too much information. You're going to confuse them. You're going to bombard them with too much stuff. Now, what's the next step? Well, you need to know that they know how to get to your school. And they might say, yeah, I know how to get there. And they may know how to get to a karate school, but not yours. So regardless, you say, hey, do you know where we're located? Regardless of what they say, you say, great, so you know that we're located right behind this bank, off of this street, down the road from the library or whatever, wherever you're located, just to make sure when it's time for their class, they go to your karate school and not somebody else's karate school down the road from you. You would hate to go through all that effort of setting up their class, getting the information only to have them accidentally go to your competitor because you failed to double check that they know where you are, right? So do that, right? Do you know where we're located? Yeah, sure I do. Okay, great. So you know we're located, you know, right off of this street, behind the bank, down the road from the line. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. I I probably would have went to somewhere. Yeah, mm mm-hmm, good thing I do that, right? There's lots of times that... the Uh, We do that. And when we get to that, oh, yeah, I actually thought you guys were. Nope, that's not us. We're you know, we're over here. Oh, okay, great. I'll make sure I go. So more often than not, that has happened. Right. So if you ask where where you're located, tell them specifically where you are located or give them the address. They can type in their phone or somehow so they know precisely that they're going to you and not to your competitor down the road. And then, of course, you know you want to let them know that you're going to be excited to see them and, and their child, or to see them and interact with them, and get them set up for their first class. Let them know that you know their first class is going to be 45 minutes or an hour, or however long their first class is going to be. And then, um, depending on if they get a uniform on that day or you have them train in, in normal clothes until they get a uniform, let them know. Hey, make sure you wear some. Uh, some exercise clothes because we'll be moving around a little bit and then we'll get you right into your first class and then boom that's it thank you we'll see you at this day at this time done right that's the end of that phone conversation then you have your system set that all up you put them in for that scheduled time they get a a text message or an email or something uh, shot to them the day before the day of reminding them of their appointment with you and then they can come in for your through your doors for the first time.
1: As best as you can when you're setting up that time, them the options between you know Monday at 5.30 or Thursday at 6. Don't make that three weeks in the future if you can help it. You can make it as soon as possible. Uh, get them in, get them going on the classes and, and experiencing your program as soon as you can because the last thing you want is for them to set up a trial a month later and over that month they, they decide they don't want to do it anymore. They, they lose interest in it without even actually trying it. So
0: or sorry, or they got tired of waiting for you and they went to somewhere else because they could get in, you know that, that day or that week and, and you didn't have an opening for a month. Now, as you're going through this phone script process, as with anything, it's going to be a process to dial in. You may have other, uh, other, other questions you want to ask. There may be less questions that you need. But it will be a process. So you try something, it works, these things work, this didn't work, and you make your system, right? Fill it out as it goes. See what works, do those things. Don't do the things that don't work. Now, you've been on the phone or somehow you've had that contact with that new student, a trial student. Today is the day they're going to come in to see you for the first time to do their first class with you. What do you need to do? What are some checklists that you may have? Well, when somebody comes to your school for the first time, you and your staff need to do your best to make them feel comfortable. Because as you know, or as you can imagine, trying something different, trying something new, going somewhere for the first time can be uncomfortable. So the easier and the more comfortable you can make that experience, the better experience that person or that student is gonna have. Be friendly, be kind. Treat them just like you would treat anybody else in your school. Before they arrive, you may need to have a few things ready, um, and of course, you want to make sure you have this stuff ready ahead of time, not scrambling as they're walking in or, or at, you know as they're standing in front of you, because that's going to look well. It's going to look unprofessional because you're not prepared for those people that had their class set up. You know three days ago or a week ago or whatever the time frame is even earlier today that's still enough time you can set those things and get those get the information ready if you have a trial student coming in of course be on the lookout for them depending on how your school is laid out you know if you have one entrance or multiple entrances be on the lookout for them so that you can see them coming in and then you can your office personnel or you the Instructor can go and greet them for that first time again to make them feel welcomed and comfortable So as you're there talking to that new trial student for the first time make sure they found you okay Right and take care of any any signatures or any any paperwork that needs to get done take the students photograph if they need to get fit for a uniform or fit for a, a Belt or put their name on whatever it is take care of all that stuff right get that stuff done Out of the way and of course as they come in they likely will have questions so be ready with those answers and as you do this the more times you do this you'll know it's gonna be they're gonna ask question one two or three or all of them and know the answers for those so you're not like oh man hmm I've never been asked nope it's nearly every time a new person comes in they're gonna ask real similar if not the same questions so have an answer ready to go when they ask those things right that's that would is the best right because the would be terrible for that person to come in for the first time they ask a question that is a pretty standard question and you're like hmm yeah i actually i don't know the answer to that hmm well that might raise some red flags for those brand new people if you can't answer a seemingly normal question so have you know know what those questions are and then if you have an answer ready for them if and when they ask those questions
1: on top of that too something that i like to do is have a few preset questions or uh, just conversation points to kind of help break the dice because like mr bean said earlier sometimes doing something new and coming to a new place and being around new people can be intimidating and nerve-wracking so when they walk in to help calm their nerves have a few questions i you know i have a handful of questions i ask every single person and Uh, you know, everyone gets the same questions, and and they they can toy with the answers. It just kind of helps to break the ice and and smooth things over as you're going through that process, and uh, as well as as we're talking about, you know, these things that are going to happen, I straight up tell them, okay, listen, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, we're going to do this, and then your class is going to start at this time. I let them know exactly what's going to happen in the interim, or setting them up and getting them ready for it. That way they know, okay, boom, 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 all right. Now it's time for class, and they get into class, and they can, they can do what's going on. So that's just another way to ease the the anxiety or the stress of being in that new place. It's, I, in, in my opinion, not only letting them know what's going to happen, but then having some conversation points to be able to discuss with them. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be super deep. It doesn't have to be super serious. Just something to get them talking and, and to help start to build that relationship with them I think makes the whole process go a lot, a lot easier and uh, makes it more comfortable.
0: I call those barbershop questions. Barbershop questions. Like if you can imagine going to a barber for the first time, I would imagine that person who's cutting your hair is going to ask you a canned four or five, eight different questions. And if they have somebody else brand new, they're going to ask those same type of questions just to get the ball rolling, just to get that communication flow going and to build that connection with, with you and, and, and the person cutting your hair. So small talk is really what it is, but I, I in my head, I internalize that as a barbershop question for whatever reason. Um, now, as a side note, if you can have that new student sign any paperwork digitally, if you can email that over and say, hey, you know, text them, hey, I just emailed you your agreement for tonight. If you can just take a look at that and sign that uh, online and then we can get that. But it's one last step we got to do when you get here or however you word that the more things you can do before they even come in there for the first time, the better, the easier that's going to be because then they're not there for extra time sitting and waiting and doing things that they probably could have done before they came inside the doors for the first time. Now, if you're going to give them a uniform or a belt or whatever it is, have options, have sizes available, and always guess too big. You would rather have... Given somebody or to have somebody try on a uniform that is too big rather than too small because Well, it doesn't feel too great to try something on or try to try something on that is too small. So always you know go and, and, and guess a size bigger or so Depending on who it is, but always go too big for the uniform or for the belt Especially for the belt, because if you have a long belt, okay, you have a long belt. If you have a little short belt and you can barely tie it, that's a problem. But if you have a long belt, you can have a, that's okay. That's not a problem, right? So, always guess too big. Always guess too big, because you would hate to uh, humiliate that person or have that person that per- perhaps is already self-conscious feel even more self-conscious because you gave them a size too small or two sizes too small or something like that. So, always guess too big with the uniforms as you are giving them a uniform or a belt or something like that what we do our protocol is we write the name if it's if they get a uniform uh, on their first day or they they you know they sign up on their first day for whatever reason we write their name uh, a lot of time on their lapel and they get a belt pretty well everybody that comes in they start with just a belt and they just wear their street clothes we write their name on a belt Right. And so that way, the everybody in the room, whether it's a a staff member, a junior team member or even another student that's in class, they can look at that person and say, oh, that guy's name is Jackson. Hey, Jackson, how are you? You know, they can have a conversation with them and they can say their name because their name is written on them. It's like the equivalent of wearing a name tag. And the nice thing is that uniform or that belt that student's going to wear for two or three months. And so that gives you two or three months or, or, or longer, per se, to get to know that person's name you can match their name with their face and really use their name the more times, or the more times you can use their name the more comfortable that person's going to be the better connection you're going to have made with that student so simple write their name on their belt or their uniform or, or both even so that everybody on your team and even everybody else in class can look at them and say hey That's Jonah. Hi, Jonah. How are you? Or whatever, whatever their name is.
1: Depending on your information processing system as well, you can take their picture, too, and have that in your records on their, you know, on the computer with their profile. This is, you know, Jonah, and here's what he looks like, and have also other information stored there as well. And that's just another way to help recognize that person and have a, a record of what they look like, too.
0: Yeah, and you, you can even use that as like a, uh, a training protocol. So each week, your office personnel and maybe your upper end of the, your staff go through the new trials for that week. And they, they do kind of like a memory game where they try to match the the name with the face. And that would be a good opportunity to get your team to interact and remember and and. Remember their names. Remember those stu- those students' names because it's it's terrible when you have somebody that's been there for a few weeks and you say, "Man, I can't remember your name," or "Hey, you, come over here," because just because you can't remember their name. So the more times you can have interactions with that students with that face and put the name with the face and match those up, the better. The more comfortable that student's going to be with you and your and your team. Of course, as we discussed before let the student know your process for taking attendance do you have an ipad they got to type their name in is there a physical time card is there a roster that they're going to be interacting with but let them know what that process is like because either they'll do, they'll be doing it on a, a weekly basis or a monthly basis depending if it's a if it's a roster or they'll be doing it on a daily basis every time they come to your class to your school they'll be somehow marking themselves or getting marked for attendance so let them know what that process is like now there's a wide process a wide variation or many options for taking attendance so we're gonna we're just just briefly going to talk about that okay a couple of them are adequate easy not too hard to 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 figure out right what we do and we haven't always done this so i'll speak about some of the other options other things that we've done in the past but what we do currently is we have an iPad on the wall, the student goes. They type their name in. Boop. Yep, that's me. They pick the class they're going to. Done. And we have it right on the wall, right outside of the the entrance for the for the training floor. What we've done in the past is we've had a a time card, it basically a it was a business card that had their face on it, their name, and a barcode. We've had that where we bring that into the they, they collect that. They collect it know that that's not what they do they, they find their time card they find their time card they give that to a staff member the staff member brings that to the office the office tracks their attendance by typing it in or, or scanning the barcode or something like that then they put it back in the in the box with the rest of them now this one and if you have any sort of physical time cards all of all of the physical time cards fall into this category there are a couple hurdles you have to overcome number one how were the time cards laid out? Is it alphabetically? Is it is it alphabetically and by class? Um, that is something that you have to figure out. I think what we did is we had like beginners A through L here and and whatever you know, we had a couple of them spread out. The hard part about that is as the, the students are looking and mostly kids, as the kids are looking through their time cards, they perhaps will put their card or everybody else's card in the wrong box then when somebody else goes to try to find their time card it's not in the box that it's supposed to be in because some kid put it in the wrong spot or some student even adult can can make a mistake like that it's not super hard to do on top of that that's extra time that your staff is interacting and doing stuff with a physical time card because You have to have somebody at the door collecting those time cards then you have somebody that's from the floor bring that into the office personnel then the office personnel is either manually scanning or typing in or somehow stamping or tracking those students attendance then that office personnel has to alphabetize them and then put them back in the corresponding boxes we did that for a long long time it worked did it have some hiccups yes was it frustrating midway through the night for all the time cards to be in the wrong box and clearly in the wrong box? Yes. Um, but it worked. That worked for a long time. And before we had the the small little business card types, we had a little bit bigger ones where we would write the date on there. So they would turn in their time card to the personnel on the floor. They would bring it to the office. The office would write their the date that they did class on. Then that would get filed away into the into the boxes, then the students could go and find them. And, and the whole thing is tough to deal with as far as what boxes I go in, where do I find my time card, my time card's not in the box. Oh, I forgot, I accidentally took my time card home F- for whatever reason. That was always silly. I, never, I could never quite understand why or how that process happened, but it did happen. So, where we are now is we have an iPad. On the wall they type their name in boop okay I'm here for this class okay great done that is so far much more efficient than what we had previously their time their their classes get tracked there it's on now there is a, a small pit pitfall for this one if they forget to sign in for class which would be the same thing they forgot to do get their time card or whatever but they forget to sign in for class can happen yes um, if the internet or that system that you're using to track that goes down yes that can and, and sometimes does happen yes then you have to try to figure out a different way to track their attendance for the day they write their name on a list or something like that it's not super hard but that so far what, what we're using now is, is again the iPad on the wall that seems to be so far the most efficient way that we found to track their attendance the least amount of time for the staff to be involved in that tracking process is this now another version of this again with with least amount of time involvement from you and your staff is to have a roster and a roster the students can sign up for so I'm going to go to you know Tuesday and Thursday beginner's class from now until the, um, till I move into the next class so for a year I'll be in this class and I sign up for all those classes done and they Perhaps as they come in, they, they tick the box. Okay, yes, I'm here. It marks their attendance that they came to that roster. Done. That is an extra step for the clients to do. Does it work? Yes. Have we done that? Yes. Um, if you have virtual classes, that's a great way because then you can have it even set up where they click the link and then automatically tracks their attendance. If, as long as they're in that roster, all set, done, no problem. That is beautiful for virtual classes. So have an idea of what your time card, you can, you know, you can even have the, instead of having an iPad on the wall or something, you have the a, a staff member, an instructor, somebody on the training floor with an iPad and they're marking down the students as they come to class, boom. And then the students aren't responsible for it. You take a little bit of time to check the boxes or you call attendance, right? You know, real quick at the beginning of class, you check the box. Okay, great. Everybody's here. Boom. Let's get to work now right that's another option you can do but have some sort of way some idea some tracking method for tracking your students classes track their attendance now the beautiful thing is once you're on this tracking attendance path you can do a couple things you can say listen in order to test for your next rank you have to have 18 classes for this quarter for these three months, you have to do 18 classes before you're eligible to test for your next level. Okay, comes testing time, man, John's not looking so great on his stuff. Let's see how many classes he has. Oh, he doesn't, he's doesn't. he got 10 classes, so he's missing almost half his classes. That's why you're not doing so great, John. So we're actually going to have you do this belt rank again just to make sure you are set and ready, to give you extra time on this information before you are ready to move and progress to the next level. All right, that's a, that's a handy tool to have. Um, you can also have it where it tracks the classes when your student gets the big milestone 100 classes 500,000 classes uh, trained you can, they can get a little a little patch or a little sticker um, some sort of rec- r- recognition that they've trained for x number of hours. They've been to you for x number of of classes um, Is extra kind of cool thing that you can do just because you're tracking their attendance? It just makes it that that much easier on the other side Tracking attendance is great because when you are at the end of the week and say, man, I, there's a couple people I, I, I don't think I've seen this week. Let's see if they were here. No. Hmm, they weren't here this week. So anybody that wasn't there this week, anybody that didn't get attendance tracked this week, you can be on the phone and call them. Hey, listen, well, how come we didn't see Jackson in class? Oh, he was sick. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, uh, when he gets better, let's, let's get him set up on a private lesson so he's caught up and he's not missing anything. Oh, yeah, great. Perfect. Right. So have having an option for tracking the attendance builds in these other extra options that are very beneficial to you and your program. So today we went and dived into a little bit of what it looks like to onboard and and the systems in place for dealing with new trial students. We're going to go a little bit more uh, kind of the next step, uh, as it were, uh, next week in our in our Almost said in our lesson, <laughs> in our in our podcast here, we'll go into the next step and you know what you do next after that uh, that that student has came to your first class. Um, but that's what we have for today. You can of course always find us on the socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram, and Twitter and Reddit and YouTube. I got them all. Yes. (laughs) Eventually, I'll be able to do this. No problem. Uh, But of course, you can interact with us on any of those places. You can listen to our podcast anywhere where you probably are listening to our podcast or anywhere where podcasts podcasts can be listened to. We are on all of those things. And you can find us at MA Teaching Tactics. That's MA for martial arts, teaching tactics. Until next time, I'm Chris Bean.
1: And I'm Chris Kent.